Are you ready to rise from the grave? Well, you can with the help of America's creamiest podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, the booger boy. I'm the little demon, Ben Sheets. And I'm a Dapper Dan man. Wait, where's my hair cream? It's Cleveland Mosier. How's it going? Well, we're uh, we're all recording remotely this evening um, because I am very sick. I've been very sick for a few days, so apologies uh, in advance to our listeners for uh, any um, lack of energy you might perceive from me. I'm I'm hanging on by a thread, folks. But uh, thankfully, tonight we're talking about a movie that did not require much thought. While we were watching it, or while I was yeah, watching it, a, at least. a fairly light and wholesome movie. Pretty straightforward, kind of kids movie, sort yeah. of. It's for children. Pre, pre-teen, yeah. tweens kind it's of movie. Edgy teens. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. exactly who it's for. The angsty, edgy teens. We're talking about... The new uh, animated film, Wendell and Wild, from uh, stop-motion animation veteran Henry Selick, who did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Coraline, um, and some other stuff that I can't think of right now. James and the Giant Peach. Oh yeah, James the Giant Peach. Um, So he's got a, he's got a, 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 a pretty pretty good pedigree when it comes to stuff like this. Um, The movie was, uh, the screenplay was co-written by Henry Selick and Jordan Peele, and I saw it was based on a book by Henry Selick and someone called uh, Clay McLeod Chapman. Didn't realize that, but saw that in the credits. It's a spooky stop-motion animation angsty teen movie that's... I will say, I will say, now that you say it's based on a book, some of the art direction makes a lot more sense now because i can Mm. imagine like a lot of this art style being 2d illustrations yeah at first at first the art style of this movie kind of was off-putting to me because it's very angular and exaggerated but over time i got used to it and started enjoying the art style quite a bit more well, yeah, since, since you brought that up, I, I must admit that the art style in this one didn't do a whole lot for me for that same reason. It had this weird quality where, like, you could see where the, like, models that they were used, like, the puppet models were, like, pieced together. Like, you could you could like, see the lines on their faces where, like, the different pieces snapped together, and I thought that, that was extremely distracting yeah well especially with some of the characters you know some of the more exaggerated characters just kind of looked almost like marionettes i don't yeah the book had illustration i'm i'm trying to find something on it because i saw like in the credits of the movie there was a lot of concept art posted that they were pretty faithful to and i was just trying to figure out like okay well how much that is based on the book or how much is whatever but like i'm i'm having trouble i'm having trouble finding uh any illustrations for a book interesting <laughs> that would that would be very strange if this wasn't like a uh like a a kids picture book wouldn't it like i'm looking at wikipedia right now and it says based on Wendell and wild 
and in parentheses it says unpublished. So oh, it might be like so it's not out. Kids book. Yeah. So they wrote the book, then made the movie, and now they're going to release the book afterwards. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That is an interesting, uh, an interesting direction to go. Yeah. Um, I, man, I, I think the most exaggerated we've seen just about, um, when it comes to, like, the human characters, like, I'm looking back at Coraline, for instance, and, like, they're, they're goofy and they're quirky, but they don't have, like, anime eyes and shit, you know? Like, right. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting. You know, it's funny. It's, it's very character by character. Some of the character uh, characters, I really loved their design. I thought Wendell and Wilde themselves were great. They looked like they would sound like Key and Peele, which was excellent. Like, they, they felt like they were made for the characters. Uh, same with mm-hmm. uh, the Beezlebub, uh, voiced by Vic Rames, of all people. Like Yeah, uh, I thought he was great. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Bu- Buffalo, Buffalo Belzer. Buffalo motherfucking Belzer. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, I loved uh, Father Bests. I thought James Hong was hilarious. But beyond that, there were some issues I, I had with most of the other characters and their voice acting and how it it didn't just sync up with the characters, but it would sync up with the movie itself. I think the best example is at the very, very beginning of the film, spoilers for her origin, she's driving in the car with her parents and she takes a bite out of an apple, there's a worm in it, she screams in the backseat of the car, it distracts the dad and he drives off the bridge. And they're flying off the bridge into the water, and the dad screams no. But his delivery was really weird. It was like, um... Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. When amateur voice actors are, like, quietly shouting to, like, not wake their parents or to be too loud, where it's like, no! Like, that's the noise he made. It was like, no, like that. And it's like, dude, you should, I don't know, like, your 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 family's, like, careening off a bridge. Like, maybe you should actually scream. I, I don't know. Like, it was, it, it felt, like, really fake and kind of, it was it kind of dis- in, like, a disingenuous way. I don't know. That's, like, the biggest sore, though, like, I can really find on the movie was, like, something small like that. Um, yeah, well, they, they keep cutting back to that a couple times. Yeah you, hear it, yeah, you hear it several times throughout the movie. Yeah, it's true. And it's just like, no! And it's like, maybe like, no! Like, ah, fuck! Like, but even then, like, I'm being quiet, you know? Like, you're really gonna get back from the mic and just go like, no! You know, like, something with a little more life in it, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I yeah. felt that way for a number of the, vo- the voice actors in this movie, largely because... I think a lot of the voice actors that they hired for this movie were actors and not voice actors. And you get Man, that, that happens. That is that is a uh, a growing trend these days is that they got to get like actual actors to do voices in movies instead of voice actors. I don't know what that's about. I think it must be for name recognition to oh, like yeah. draw people in because they don't know they don't think about like professional voice actors who aren't in other stuff i mean it's been a it's been a uh a growing thing for the past like decade or two i think the thing is animated films are always kind of alluring for normal actors because uh they're quick and they can make about the same amount of money um, just because they can record all their lines in a day without having to wait for sets to be built and put together, right? Um, you know, uh, makeup, yeah. yeah. 
there's a lot less synchronicity that has to happen. You can just like record, you know, in a, in a different environment. It's true. Exactly. The, yeah, you just show up, get in the booth, record some lines, go home, you're done. Like, yeah, it, it's it's something that I do see very case by case. Um, I think as like a growing trend, I see it as like not great uh, generally, and I think that largely, I think this film suffers from it, especially like the majority of like the child characters. They were just. Like, a lot of them, like, the the levels just seem different, the delivery, like, and that has to do not just with, like, the audio mastering, but with the delivery. It was a little all over the place, and um, there's a lot of variety uh, in, in quality. Um, yeah, I... Mean, I, I Peel, it seemed good, but, you know, and there, there are a few other, like, characters where it, it worked or didn't, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I really feel like the only, like really standout voice performances in this movie were, like you said, Key and Peele and then Ving Rhames. And everybody else was just... Well, okay, and James Hong, too. Uh, I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, also, just crazy that James Hong is still just fucking cranking out movies. That man is 93 years old. Yeah, 93 years old. I've, I've seen with him in it. Like, that's the second like, big blockbuster movie I've seen with him in in it this year the other being um uh everything everywhere all at once yeah, yeah he was in that earlier this year too fantastic in that too like he's he's got like if you look at his imdb page he's got something insane like 700 credit like uh an absolute credits something yeah, like insane. that he's been in awesome he's been in so many fucking look, movies look at that point let him on he's hilarious he's he's a very good and he's very competent and he, and he enunciates really well like yeah he's um, great and like, and he's he's got he's, he's got a recognizable he's got a recognizable voice too like i recognized it immediately as soon as he spoke so you yeah. know that that's i think that's what what you want really from like good voice actors is is a voice that you can recognize you know yeah and that has a, like a a specific quality that yeah. makes it special which is i think partially why like they like to get actors and such there's another example uh which is the guy who plays manberg who um like, uh, Egal Naur, uh, it looks like he's done, like, a lot of, like, TV movie stuff, um, or, like, he was on, like, Homeland and shit. He seems like a TV actor, and his character's, like, delivery was, like, hard to hear. It wasn't, like, like, the accent's fine, but it was just, like, it was really soft, and it was, like, hard to, like, make out. Like, I had subtitles on, but even still, I was kind of, like, straining a little bit. Um, and, uh, I got used to it, and... I liked the character, so, like, it wasn't, like, a huge problem, but I just felt like it was worth noting, like, like just, like, the, the really soft delivery made it kind of hard to hear what he was saying. And I was like, what? Speak up, bud! <laughs> like, um, and it just, it wasn't the delivery of, like, a, a voice actor. Uh, and it was, like, that way across the board. I don't, I don't know if there were any, like, voice actor voice actors, like, in in this movie. I think the entire cast was, like, television actors. Like, I'm... Television and movie actors. I mean, James James Hong and Ving Rhames have done voice acting in other things before, and I and Key and Peele have as well. Um, yeah. And I think that that's well, why it, it, the four of them name. stand out. Yeah, some some actors can can translate the two, and like their whole deal is enunciation. Like Key and Peele, like their their skits like almost work on radio. So much of like their stuff is like dialogue based, and they're so like. Um, vocal and they're so loud and so that that works it's really expressive for for cartoon characters and for voice acting so it's it's a it's a really easy translation but for some of these other like soft-spoken actors like it it just it doesn't 
work. There's a reason why, like, there's, like, that trend with, like, Nickelodeon characters. And they all sound like this in some capacity because they're, they're cartoons. Like, that, it, it sort of needed um, uh, to, to, to bring that out. And a lot of these actors didn't have that element. They didn't have, like, that cartoonification uh, and, and clarity that comes with, like, yeah, snappy that's... mouth movement. That's a good point, is that, like, in animated stuff, like, it's it's exaggerated and cartoonish by nature, so the voice acting should should be as well. Well, you can't lip-read, right? Like, right, exactly, that, That's yeah. a huge consideration, is, like, we, we rely on lip-reading more than you would think. And in animation, you're almost always, like, pretty significantly limited in that respect. Um, and, and so you need actors who are very clear and are capable of good, clean enunciation to, to pull that off. And here, again, some characters were great, and some weren't, they, and it fell flat. And it's, yeah, I, with just a, a little tweak, you know, here or there. And I, and I think that, like, some of those actors could have been directed to do better, too. Like, I was sort of surprised, considering, like, the the pedigree of, like, the studio. You know, like, I, uh, I, w- I would think that they would... They would know to implement that and to direct these actors in that way um i didn't i never felt that way about kubo and the two strings for instance wait did they do kubo they might not have no i don't think so no okay sorry very similar type of movie it also largely cast like film stars um when it comes to to it why don't we well i guess we should probably save rankings for the end when it comes to like stop motion movies and like where this sits we can can come back to that i i I definitely want to bring that up as a talking point down the road well that's a good segue into kind of the animation itself because i think a lot of the animation is pretty impressive in terms of all of the camera movement that's done there's a number of sequences in this movie where she is um for instance like uh just sneaking down the hall but as she's moving or turning doorknobs or kind of delicately moving around, like just a hallway, like a really simple sequence, they're doing camera tracking, which in stop motion is very difficult. Like uh, it, it's such a simple thing in live action to like just track in, zoom, pan, whatever. But in stop motion, like suddenly there's a lot of math is involved. And yep. yeah. so even really simple shots in this movie are, are impressive because of like that, that addition to the cinematography. And so, yeah, from like a stop motion perspective, I mean, like it's incredibly competent. What I found to be odd is like the first half of this movie, the competence was in things like her moving down hallway that like kids aren't going to appreciate, uh, you know, like, like that's, they like the giant skeletons popping out and stuff. And there's, there's, there's a decent amount of that, but, it, to me, like this movie really shines in the second half. It's it, I, the beginning was a little uh, when it came to subject matter, it was just a little a little bland. Yeah, that's that's my biggest mm-hmm. problem with this movie, and I I have a hard time like feeling good being critical about a movie like this because I know that I'm not the target audience, and you know, despite not really a pre, not really enjoying the art style a whole lot, like I do have a, a a great appreciation for like the craftsmanship that goes into this kind of animation, the craftsmanship and the artistry. Um, But man, story wise, I could not give less of a shit about most of this movie. I, I thought it was for me, I thought it was pretty boring. Um, 
And again, it's like, uh, it's not for me. It's for, it's for like 12 and 13 year olds, really. So it's like, it's not, it's not trying to appeal to me. So can I really hold that against the film? Oh, yes, because there are other films that are capable of excelling at both. And, and here's the sure. thing. No, that, that you, is fair. You right now are not a 12 or 13 year old, but you were once. And you I can, was. You are, you are a creative, intelligent minded person. Like, you are capable of tapping back into your younger self, right? Um, this entire week, I've I've been uh, for for work for research, um, and also just because it brings me joy. Um, I've been rewatching the like basically uh, the entirety of the Batman animated series while painting because I'm working on Creep Show, so I need to like kind of connect myself back with like my youth and like my love for comics when I was a kid and what I loved about that. You know, not about like current comic stuff, but about like when I was a kid and. Why did I love, you know, like, finding heavy metal books? Why did I love, like, the Batman animated series? And why was I drawn to these things so much? So I've been, like, tapping back into that, into my childhood. And I'm trying to put, like, all my adult biases aside and whatever else and just enjoy it again. And, um, and you know, in some capacity, it's been kind of difficult. But, like, so I was already in a really good headspace to watch this movie. Um, and, yeah, I felt part of the issue is the plot is trying to do a lot of things, actually. Yeah. Like, for as, yeah, as, like, quote, like, movie's boring really as, busy. Yeah, it's like, quote, boring as the first half is, it's not for lack of things happening. It's not for lack of balls in the air, right? Like, there's a lot of things that are going on in the town. Um, the problem is, is that, well, one, we don't really get, like, a good full-on shot of the town where it says, hey, this is, what is it, uh, uh, Rust Bank, I think? Like, Rust hey, this Bank, is, yeah. This is Rust Bank. Like, I, I think it would have been neat if we'd gotten, like, a, you know, frankly, like, a musical sequence. Like, like think about think about Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, Halloween Town has such a strong personality because of This Is Halloween. All I have to do is say those three words, and, like, the whole song can, will play in your head. Partly because it's been, like, just crammed into our brains by, like, popular culture, sure. But also, like, it's catchy as fuck. People like it. That's why it's like that. And it sets the tone beautifully and this movie didn't really have that like like what is rust bank you know it, it's well that's a good point i think uh we really don't get a great image of what rust bank was you know yes. the first very first scene they're leaving the carnival but we really don't get much in terms of tableau of the the you know the the city as a whole and yeah, we kind of get it through voiceover a little bit, but right. I it's yeah, it's it's kind of vague. Yeah, to to lose you have to love and we uh, almost we 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 essentially start with losing, right? And you the parents, that is. And we need to yeah. see love. We need to see like the good times of them gathered around the fire and we get like a flashback to that after they've died, but it's too little too late at that point. Yeah, like, they the, start, the, and you you need to like miss the parents along with the character. The parents die like right away, like like um like maybe less than a minute into the movie, really. Well, the problem and... is that like you have to have several origin. This movie, re- the script requires several origin stories. You need the origin of her parents' death. You need the 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 unraveled origin of the town. You need her origin of becoming. 
an edgy teen, which we also don't get at all. And you need the origin of the Academy, right? You need to see, like, how all that stuff starts. And that's and so the, much. And the, and the origin... And the origin of Wendell and Wilde and their relationship with Buffalo Belzer, yeah. and the origin of uh, Sister Helly and Manberg and their relationship, and yeah. the origin of the evil Claxon Corporation, and the origin of uh, uh, like all of these other like ancillary characters, like her trans friend, like they're. You're yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's like there's so it's so busy that it can't focus on any one thing long enough for me to give a shit. Yeah. You know? And, and because then it all kind of gets watered down. And it's it's a shame because honestly, I think behind every one of these characters is a is a really compelling one. Yeah, like it, and there's a there's a good story there. Uh and I think overall like uh this this movie um has strong legs and uh it's kind of a bummer like i would have i would have liked to to get more of that but the runtime was already too long so i don't really know what the answer is yeah i i i I feel i feel kind of bad like almost complaining because in part i wish that we had gotten more of the demon stuff sooner like wendell and wilde at least get like a decent origin you know yeah um but uh which which is the good stuff for being real like the demons and the funds like that's why we want to be there Agreed. that's that's where that's the stuff that i liked yeah yeah but also yeah. the boring stuff was largely boring because we didn't get enough of it if that makes sense it's a real problem and i i don't like i think it oh what the fuck even I, is the like like that's i think it's just because the movie is the movie is too busy you know, if you pared down some of the elements, you'd have a, a stronger whole, I think. You know, I, yeah. I think part of me finds this movie kind of hard to criticize too harshly because I think its heart is in the right place and yeah. it is very wholesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, it has a no- I think it has a number of positive messages for young people. I absolutely do think so. Yeah, like, I think um, we can all just like. Get- you know, before we get too critical over this movie, we can all agree, like, it's good this movie exists, we're we're very happy, like, with it overall, but, like, you know, like, we're, we're allowed to criticize the children's movie. Like, like children's movies still, I mean, if you think that children are important, you should think that children's movies should be quality. And, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's totally fair to criticize these things. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think, you know, this movie is just overflowing with ideas, you know? I yeah. think a lot of the ideas really hit, you know, like uh-huh. going against private prisons and uh, big corporations and uh, man. And so it, I kept thinking that in so many ways, this movie is like baby's first uh, capitalism and corporations are bad punk rock kind of movie. You're good. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and again, like I, like everybody's got to start somewhere. And I think, I think for like 12 and 13 and 14 year olds, like something like this is a good introduction to that, that kind of, that kind of thought, that kind of critical thought. It's, it's, it's pretty shallow. I think, 
Um, again, though, it is it is a children's movie, and because of the, because of it being shallow, that's again why it doesn't do very much for me as an adult. Um, but like you know, there there's there are a lot of good positive messages in this, and I think uh, I think. I think telling kids that corporations and capitalism uh, are and private prisons are bad and are things to be reviled and fought against is good. Is <laughs> so you know, like go, yeah, go yeah. for that. And, you know and on, on top, of I think that, there's more. I think there's more nuanced, interesting ways to tell those kind of stories. But for sure, there, there yeah. are definitely more nuanced ways, and there are better ways to like dig into it. But like in a movie like this, which is largely a pleasant distraction i wouldn't want them to go deeper if i'm being honest like them just saying that like hey these people they're trying to make a private they're trying to make a private prison they are snidely whiplash like mustache twirling villains awesome just call it a day there they they burned they burned down they burned down the brewery and killed a bunch of people and drove commerce out of the town so they can bulldoze the whole thing and build their fancy new private prison and cool. use the and use the school to make it impossible for troubled children to succeed so they fail out and immediately just go into prison for profit like yeah. i honestly like all that stuff, and i I, I'm real. I wouldn't want more. Like I think, I, I, I just more demons. Well, like, there's there's not there's not room for more. That's that's the thing in no. in this in this movie that's already overflowing with ideas. Like that is that is as much of that idea as you can pack into this movie. I think there's. See, I, I think, think there would be room for more if you cut some of this other stuff out. If exactly. the movie was a little bit more, fo- the if the movie was a little more focused on that. You hit the nail on the head right there. I think because this movie is filling over the brim with just so many ideas that it only has the capability of, you know, kind of shallowly covering this yeah. uh, stuff. You know, I think one other one other piece that I think works really well in this movie, it is shallow, but I think it works really well nonetheless, is... Uh, the inclusion and diversity in this movie. It feels like there's a lot of diverse characters that never feel tokenized. You know, I think a great example is Raul, uh, the trans boy in the school who uh, mm. is trans, uh, but it's a, he's, he's a secondary character and it's really not about that at all. Well, yeah, like, I think that was really refreshing. Well, yeah, ever- villains like no one cares that they're trans. Everyone just just takes that in stride, and it's it 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 allows Raúl and it gives Raúl the space to just to be their own character, and it also to be about Raúl's art. Like Raúl's an artist. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, one of like, and and they're trying to find their place in the school and like who they like and who they don't, and like that's all we're asked to care about, and we're just asked to like not worry about the rest, and 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 it and it becomes normalized and i yes, just exactly and i and i, I really yeah. appreciate it and more of this in movies please like no i think i think that is uh, especially for the target audience of this movie i think that that is a really really good thing because yeah. like and and like yeah all of the other characters villains or otherwise are totally accepting of the character's transness without making a thing of it. Like, one of the other girls 
accidentally dead names him once and is immediately like, oh shit, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm I'm like, my bad. I didn't mean to, you know, uh-huh. is immediately apologetic and that's it. And that's it. Like, that's the only, that's the only like big deal they make about it in the whole movie. And it's really just to set up the fact that that character is trans. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah. most kids watching this would go up right over their head. They wouldn't like really notice or care one way or the other, I think. And that's good. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know if it if it would necessarily like real young kids. Yeah, but I mean, I do think this is really targeted for more like adolescents because yeah. it is it is rated yeah. it is rated PG thirteen, mm. and you know it does have some somewhat darker themes and elements, and they say damn sure. and ass a few times. You know, so I I think I think that the I think this movie is targeting an age, the age of kids that would that would understand that but i think it's it would it's also good for like any kids that are around that age who might be struggling with their own identity who might maybe haven't realized that they're trans yet or are just learning that about themselves just figuring that out and to see it normalized in this kind of movie without making a big deal out of it is i think positive for yeah. for for those for those kinds of kids yeah no i i really appreciated how that was handled for sure um, uh, you, you know what, you know what else I really appreciated in this movie? The weird, um, uh, the giant, uh, bug horse. No, yeah, uh, spark plug. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. about spark plug for a second, and, and how great their design was. I loved, for how simple it is, I'm, uh, I'm a big stickler for simple and memorable designs, um, and spark plug is, like, perfect in every, in every way. Uh, I I adore I adore them from the beginning. I love that Wendell and Weil like there there's the the moment where they they accidentally drive over the tick and splatter it, and then they they squeeze the hair cream on it and it revives it and it brings it back to life. And they think, oh my god, we need to test this on something bigger. And they look over at Sparkplug, and it gives like the cute little eyes. And they're like, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't test it. On <laughs> if it doesn't work, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself. Well, yeah. So yeah, we so funny. I loved that. That was really. We sweet. should we should probably provide a little bit of context for yes. Wendell and Wild because we haven't really talked about that. So in the underworld or hell or whatever, um, there's a giant demon lord. Uh, Buffalo Belzer, as we've mentioned, played by Ving Rhames, and he's got, he's floating in, like, a big, like, green, like, acid pit, and on his, on his belly, he has, uh, a carnival, uh, like, a carnival of the damned, where all the damned souls go after they die, um, and uh, kind of uh, Juggalo-esque, the Dark Carnival, if you will. Do you think it was uh, wild that he's just straight up wearing bondage gear? Well, that how how else is he going to keep the uh, the the carnival strapped to him? He's got to use straps for that, like, right? Yeah, this is like a movie for like the youth. It's like this guy's just out just out here in bondage gear. Like, okay, word. But like, anyway, he's a leather daddy. Like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, all right. So, so Wendell, Wendell and Wilde's job or their punishment for something that they did, uh, is they have to, uh, they have to keep his, his hair plugs growing. So they, they go about on the top of his head and spark plug the, the weird 
creature that we've talked about already, like puts the plugs into Belzer's head and then they come along behind it and squeeze some hair cream, some magic hair cream on top of it, on top of the plug and a hair sprouts. So that's what they do all day. And then they realize that the hair cream can bring the dead back to life, as you mentioned with the squishing the tick. So that's kind of uh, their background, which all of that I thought was really fun. When at night, at night they live at night, they live in his nose, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) That's fantastic. Like, uh, yeah, living in the nose. I love just like the the gross, like gooey cream. They're like constantly slurping from it and getting high off of it too. Yeah, the cream makes um, them yeah. high. <laughs> so I was watching it. I was watching it in a group chat with a couple friends, and um, when they first started talking to each other, like right off the bat, they're going along, squeezing the hair cream out, like going along their papa's head, like, and um, they're and they're talking to each other while they're doing it. And I was like, you know, Kino Michael Key, like he sounds um. He sounds good, but, like, Jordan Peele's character sounds like, he sounds like he's on ketamine. Like, like it's, like, kind of, sorry, it's weird. Like, I, it, it, it sounds weird. It sounds odd. And then, like, they pretty immediately reveal that, like, he, that's because he's been drinking the hair cream and he's high off of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, whenever, like, it wears off, he, he speaks, like, like, just, like, how he normally does. And it, I thought that was great. Like, like it because at first I was just like, why does he sound like so like drugged and weird? And then <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, like, I think that's a, a that's an example of great voice direction. Yeah, like you it, know? It, it paid off really well. Like it gave I gave it the side eye at first, and then it, I, I was immediately like told why, and that's that's excellent. Like that's that's good storytelling. It's cute. It's fun. Um, yeah, because he was like just straight and getting high off the hair cream. Um, I liked, I liked how, uh, I liked the hair cream as, like, a metaphor for, like, drug dependency. I thought that was cu- very cute. Uh, I kind of wish they'd played that up a little bit more. Like, once the hair cream runs out, like, it's not a big deal. But I, I was no space hoping, for it. Yeah, no they space were, for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, they could have gone into withdrawals or something, and they wanted more cream. I, I, I think there is some fun stuff there, but, uh, what we get is great in that respect. Um, yeah, I... I, I loved everything with them. I think they did a good job of towing the line um, for being, like, villains or, or, or good, you know, like, with plenty of room for redemption. It was all very sweet and fun. I, everything to do with the demons in general, like, the their siblings being in the jars at the end was very cute. Like, that was a fun realization. Um, yeah, I yeah. enjoyed all of the demon stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I found it a lot more interesting than the human stuff Uh um also like for a movie called wendell and wild i feel like wendell and wild themselves play kind of a secondary role in this movie like it's titled after them but they're not around as much as i would expect you know yeah they're not as they're not as central as as i thought they would be yeah i brought this up the other week we were talking about halloween and like Star Wars and the rest, and how like you know when you when you have to split your story between like several central characters, sometimes like you kind of lo- like milk down and you lose a little bit of both. And you know, once again, sorry for comparing it, you're bringing it up so often, but it's made by the same people. Uh, it's a very similar type of film, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it's all about Jack Skellington, baby. You know, like yeah, for that, sure. that's, that's his deal. He's the man. 
Coraline. It's all about Coraline. It's all, it's all about Coraline. Yeah. yeah like, um, and, and here, like, we were sort of divided between Wendell and Wilde and um, our, our main character, whose uh, name? Cat. Cat, yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, let's, like, let's be real. Like, the movie's really about her. Yeah. But yeah, but calling yeah. but calling calling the movie Cat is not catchy. It's not a catchy title. Well, Whereas Wendell and Wilde is is alliterative and it's catchy. But again, the movie's not really about them. Like yeah, kind I, of I liked Cat. Like I didn't I didn't think uh I, I thought all this like the stuff with her like going through the school with her father's boombox was endearing. You know, like in, in sure. a Molgoth teen kind of way. Like I thought, I thought it was kind of sweet. Like I, like you know, as an adult, I'm like, okay, that's that's cute. You know, looking back at it, but like I, I, w- I was thinking like, oh yeah, like if I was like this age and this demographic, I'd be like, I'd be bobbing my head and I'd be thinking like, wow, that's so cool. I wish I was as cool as her. And yeah, it's, it's something. It's something that I can't really relate with at this point in my life. Is the the angsty teen? Not that I don't have my fair share of adult angst. Uh, but the edgy punk teen is, is something that I, I have a hard time relating to these days. And so for that reason, like, I don't know, I didn't really feel connected to her. Like I could, I could put myself in her shoes from when I was that age, kind of, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't find her story super compelling. And the whole movie is really about her story. And I think that's part of... That's part of why I was I was sort of bored with it. If, if like, I had more of the parents, I felt it would have been a lot. It would have made her a lot more compelling. Um, yeah, or I, or, I think... or not even just more of the parents, but more of her as a child, so we can see some of the path that gets her to where she is now. Because like we mm-hmm. really only have that like first minute or two of the movie when she's like eight when they're driving home from the brewery and they go off the bridge and the parents die we know nothing about her character at that point and then through voiceover as we cut to five years later she's like oh yeah i got into a lot of trouble like later we see that she like pushed a kid down the stairs or something so she became like a juvenile delinquent i yeah, I but, think that, like, the stuff when she was a kid with her parents, I think that's what we really needed. I kind of like that we skipped that part, because that part's sort of expected. You know, she's, like, bou- she's like the, the whole idea is, like, oh, she's been bouncing around, like, you know, inner city schools and stuff, and, like, she's been getting into trouble, and she's in juvie. Like, that, that, yeah, it's like, okay, her parents died, so, like, she's been lashing out against the world. Cool. I get that. And, like, I even find that kind of endearing and relatable. The problem is, that, like, her compulsion to, like, bring her parents back and her love for them was never really showed. And so, like, yeah, just getting more of, like, when she was a kid, like, with her parents at the festival would have been really nice. Um, yeah. And it could have been at that in that same scene. Like, we could have just gotten more of them at the festival, like, enjoying the festival with each other and just being characterized. It's been a long time since I've seen Coraline, but I feel like Coraline also, like, had that in pretty, a pretty good amount. Like, the dad has that whole song about her. Like, his dad, like, writes a song about Coraline, and he, like, sings it to her. And I think, like, They Might Be Giants, like, did the music for it, too. Like, it's great. And it really helps us show that, like, oh, yeah, she's loved, you know, by her, her parents. And she's she's driven to, you know, like, a lot of her motivation is centered around that. And so when there's, like, the evil version of her parents, it's even more scary. 
And here, like, we don't get that opportunity uh, to see the love that she has for them when they die. Uh, we just see them die, and it's like, okay, these are people we're seeing, but, like... Yeah. Gotta have that it certainly life. doesn't help that the the scene where they go off the bridge falls flat so hard. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, as you mentioned, like, I, it's kind of surprising that there's no original music in this, because, like, I will say one of the the highest parts of this movie is uh, their uh, music selection. Their yes. uh, selection of needle drops are excellent. Fan. Got a lot of x-ray specs in here. Got some death. Um, we got, some really we got, great punk rock. Yeah, we, we got like TV on the radio. Like Their whole bit at the end is perfectly fitting. Like uh, We've got um, Living Color. Like, oh, well, fuck, that's so, so cool because like it's all these uh, uh, African American fronted. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all it's all like it's all like black it's all like black punk bands. Yeah, that's sweet. Like, like I yeah, the, you're you're absolutely like right. The needle drops are fantastic, and and I mm-hmm. think that while I'm using like Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas, which are more like musically centered to the plot, and the characters are like actively singing, they're essentially like animated musicals. I don't need that in this movie. Like, I just think you know. They're just good examples. No, yeah, I think that almost. I think. I think if this movie was a musical, I might have found it more annoying. Actually, <laughs> it depends. On but you know, like if it would have fallen in line with like punk, you know, original punk music would have maybe been cool. You know, I feel like a lot of times these sort of animated musical movies fall into like a sort of musical musical like musical theater kind of stuff yeah yeah and that's where i think usually that stuff falls flat for me but if they would have approached it you know in a different genre you know maybe it would have worked um i just say that mostly because the music otherwise in this movie is so good so there, there were some original tracks in the in it, the when Wendell and Wilde are digging up all of the corpses, there's like a choir singing about like, oh, get up, dead people, you know. That's free. true. That's true. Yeah, like, that's right. There is there is at least one original song which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, I liked that. And I yeah, think, oh, that would have been good. Uh, you know, like really a song a song for Rust Vale or Rust. Nook or Rust Bank? Rust Bank, yeah. Like that, a song for the city would have been great. You know, and if it's sung by our parents at the carnival and we see the town, you know, when everything was wonderful, that would have just, you know, like, at this point I'm. I'm I mean, geez, yeah, it doesn't even need to be a song, but like, even if just like they're driving away from the brewery and before they get to the bridge, they're like passing through the town and we see how. You know, and and Cat is like looking out the window and sees how lovely and full of life the town is, and you know, people going to the movies and out on the streets and stuff like that. That would have been plenty, but the first we really see of the town is it like dilapidated and mostly abandoned. We don't get any sense of what it used to be. Really, we're told what it used to be, but. I'd rather be shown. Yeah. Yeah. In in whatever capacity, getting more of that. 
But anyway, let's let's uh, let's dive into some more of the the goods um, and uh, the fun design stuff. I really love that she has a uh, um, vampire hunter D hand. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. That was I, I, I love I love that like the the index finger also has the the nose. You know, so like like the back of her hand it, it, at one point she she touches something strange and she gets a mouth on the back of her hand, but also like right up her. Right at the base of her her finger, there's also like a skeleton nose as well. So when the hand on its own comes up to her face, like it cover, it makes like a mask, and then the mouth on her hand talks. And I thought that was great. I thought that was a really cool design idea. Um, and they they did it well with like it, the mouth glows green and her eyes glow green. Um, and uh, I, yeah, that was that was cool. Uh, yeah, they, they after she after she hand. touches after she touches bears above. Which turns her into a hell maiden. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. And then yeah. We, later we see that the thing that she touched is a cute wind up bear with the voice with an adorable children's voice. I love that, that. that. I thought was was great touch that the bear has the yeah. voice of a child, <laughs> which I thought yeah. was really it's funny. Like, it's like say after me, like say the words. <laughs> it's like it's really good. <laughs> like when she's like trying to do the seance thing because like so often. There's a self-seriousness to summoning rituals, and we've seen it a thousand times in movies, right? Where, like, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, here's the, the tropey bit where they have to summon the demons, so they have to say after me the Latin scary words. But here it's, like, a goofy wind-up bear, and it has, like, the voice of an actual baby, and it's great. Like, and it really, you know, enhances that. It's, it's just a great example of, like, that's how you do same but different, you know? Like, that's, it's a scene we've seen a thousand times, but I've never seen it like that. And it was cute. The them pulling Wendell and Wild up from the under depths, and they had they take the wrong turn. It was all super fun. I, I, I mean that that I think is like the turning point for the movie where it really picks up. It starts to take the steps it needs to get into a full stride by the end of the movie. Um, and of course, you know we've got the the hair cream, the the buggy, the the bug. What's it? What's it called again? Uh, spark cream. plug. Hmm. Spark, spark plug. plug. Right. Yeah. So they've got spark plug. And because they're going up to the surface, they gotta disguise Sparkplug because it's like a giant beetle. Like we can't, we can't have that with like a with an awful like lamprey mouth. Um, so they dress it up to look like a horse, and that's so the funny. funniest in the world. <laughs> it's so good. Like they put like a horse snout over his like hideous lamprey mouth. So now his like when the horse mouth opens, it's like it's like the double mouth in Alien, and like a lamprey mouth comes out. It's great. Like. Man, I oh man, the, the good stuff in this movie is so good. There's so many cute, wonderful ideas, and some of them are really well executed. Like the the horse, them going to get falafel, like you know, and like spraying the stuff all around. It's like, oh damn, they the, the spark plug went and ate ate ate, uh, ate, ate the kids. <laughs> like I thought that was, like uh, Jordan Peele's delivery there is really oh damn, he he ate he ate the other one too. <laughs> like really funny like that stuff was was so good uh yeah that stuff was charming mm. definitely uh more so than the angsty goth teen stuff mm-hmm. yeah oh one of the plot points is the klaxons or whatever uh klax corp they are yes. trying to you know install a giant prison in the town and mm-hmm. The board, the current board, is not allowing it to happen. But the old board would have allowed it to happen, but they're all dead in the cemetery. So when Wendell and Wilde come back, 
they test it on the school teacher corpse and he kind of he, he's revived and he lets them know about that opportunity and they can make a lot of money and they can make all the money they want to build their theme park which is their big aspiration and there's so many yeah. threads in the film but their, uh, dream, their dream the, fair yeah, which the I theme do park threat was fun because uh you know on uh uh being rain's his uh belly is a theme park of uh souls and hell uh being punished by going on theme park rides yeah it was super creative it's uh it's the it's the scream fair and they want to build the dream fair yeah Yeah. they want to build a happy theme park which i like i like the the, uh, demons with like aspirations to do good things it's cute their intentions are pure yeah 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 and um and it's cool too because like she's at a fair with her parents at the beginning and it, again, it would have been cool to see more of that good fair. It's like, oh, she also loves fairs. They have something they can connect with by the end of the film. It's good. Uh, and and they, just, more of that would have been all we needed, really. But Clax Corp is trying to do that. He, so they have to bring back the old board so that Clax Corp can get their way, so that they can get paid to make their dream fair. And so they have to go and they revive all the old board members. And I loved this shit. Because Wendell and Wilde, uh, they brought a whole, like, uh, a whole wagon up with them of, of various uh, cosmetic implements to uh, make all the corpses look good when they revive them. And because uh, th- that was fun, like, in their dream where they, they promise um, to bring back her parents... Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to lie about this. And they find the cream, and they're like, oh, it's not a lie anymore. Cool, that's good. And, like, let's let's do it right. And so they go to the surface with, like, all these plans. Like, we're going to bring our parents back. We're going to make them look nice. It's going to be nice. It's going to be good. We, we, we do care, um, even though we're demons. And so they have this whole trunk just full of cosmetic stuff for, for all the ghouls that they're bringing back to make them look good again. So... They just do this amazing montage where they're just, like, reviving corpses and they're giving them new plastic eyeballs and makeup and costumes. And it it slaps. That's my favorite part of the movie. Like, it's the most, like, Nightmare Before christmas We've got nasty corpses. They're putting fun things on them. It's all done to music. And we're just having a great, goofy time. That's where the movie really shines, is, like, sequences like that. And it's worth watching just for that alone, I think. That kind of stuff. But, um... Uh, I love like the all the the chair all all the board members are so dead at this point they're just ghouls they can't even speak and so everything that they do is through pantomime and their bits of pantomime were all really funny like when cat uh, is driving through the town she sees them back in their windows and in their homes celebrating that they're alive again that shit was really funny they're like taking pictures and like posing and like they're really celebrating life. Uh, and then when they get to the boardroom, when they're having the vote to, like, show up again and, like, you know, switch the vote, there's a bit where one of the other, when the living people in the boardroom says, oh, I remember all of you, and he lists all their names off, and he lists off one of them who's, like, he's, like, a, like, an old general or something, and he goes to salute, and his arm just snaps off and flies across the room, (laughs) it's really funny! Well, yeah, what they... Yeah. What they do is when they, they walk into the room and they go to the back and they pull off a curtain from the back wall and there's portraits of all the old board members on the wall and so they stand underneath their portraits and that's how the everyone recognizes like, wait, you're you're so and so and you're so and so because they're all standing underneath <laughs> their old portraits, but now they're in their these goofy costumes, uh just like skeleton corpses. 
Well, and two, when they, when, they, when they do the vote and they say, uh, you know, everybody who's in favor of Clax Corp, raise your right hand. And they all raise their right hands, but then the one whose arm fell off, it was his right arm. So he picks it up off the ground and holds it up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Funny little gag. Yeah, and th- this movie's got a lot of that. Like, there were a number of times where I found myself, like, earnestly just, like, laughing out loud. When it's Sure. When it's good. It's great, and there there are a lot of like really funny sequences. Yeah, that well, that's the thing. Like, I think like a lot of its heart is in the right place, and a lot of the finer details are in the right place. It's just so loaded with ideas that it can't slow down and focus on anything, <laughs> and that's the issue. I think you know it does a lot of that really well, detail wise. It's so clever a lot of the time you know i think of the scene where uh wendell and wild tie raul up and he's tied to a gravestone uh and at a certain point he realizes that he can just raise up a little bit to get (laughs) out from being tied to the gravestone and then he uses spark plug to uh uh cut off the rope around his hands. I thought that was all super clever and super fun. No, yeah. Wonderful. There's there's lots of fun little bits in this movie. It's just it's just trying to say too much. Like I think everything that it's trying to say is good. I think it just it has a lack of focus because it's trying to be about so much. Like it's trying to be about you know, accepting yourself for who you are and using your past traumas to make you stronger and forgiving your, yourself for past mistakes and anti-capitalism and anti-private prisons. And it's just like, it's just so much. And it doesn't feel like it's ever really like about any of that because it's trying to be about all of it. I think that that's yeah. where that's where it suffers. I think if it pared down if it pared down a lot of that stuff and really focused on a couple of those things, then I think it it could be a much more focused story. More interesting, I think too, and with more depth. I think, you know, there's there's plenty of room to dive into any of those themes and ideas. There's just not enough time in this movie. There's not enough space to really dive into any of it. So all we get is is a surface-level interpretation of all of it. Mm. Yeah. And when it comes to the commentary, I already, I already kind of talked about this a little bit, but when it comes to the commentary, I don't mind surface-level because it's a Friday evening and I'm trying to unwind, and I don't necessarily want to be reminded about like how terrible the world is outside. So, like, light commentary on that, just saying these people bad, is fine. But when it comes to the characters, yeah, we need to dive a little bit deeper. We need to, we need to get there, get the heart of those things. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's a, kids, it's a kids' movie, so it doesn't have to have, like, deep commentary, but themes should still be explored more in depth than they are whether those themes are commentary on something or not you know like that's yeah there's still got to be room for development and there just isn't a lot of room for development in this yeah i will say as a whole it kind of nails the tone 
I would want it to nail for this kind of movie. Um, where like it's macabre, but it's not like overly kidsy and it's not like overly dark. No, um, it's 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 perfectly in line for, you know, something like Nightmare Before Christmas. Some they're very yeah. similar tone wise. Where it's like it's spooky and Halloween-y, but like it's not it's not like horrifyingly dark or anything because it is a kid's movie. Yes. Well, I think, uh, we're... Are we ready to to place this among the others? Or should we rate first and then talk about that? Yeah, well, let's, let's rate first. Let's rate, yeah. Um... I'll go? Yeah, go for it. 3.5. Ben, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mirror that 3.5. I was you know, juggling between three and three and a half. But like I said before, it, this movie, it's hardest in the right place. It's very wholesome. I think it'll hit with its target audience well. It is overstuffed, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, I'm going to give it the three. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy this movie a ton. I, I enjoyed things about it, but yeah, it's just a little a little too jam-packed for me and, and I didn't find myself caring caring a lot about like the central story too much. But it does have a lot of charming aspects and it's got a number of, of good wholesome messages. And uh it's uh I I mean it's it's really well animated, even though I don't particularly like the style that much. Uh I think it is a a really excellent example of of craftsmanship in stop motion animation uh and i think it's yeah. i think it's cool that that uh henry selick is still making movies like this he's one of the only ones so uh i'm i'm happy to let him keep doing what he's doing Absolutely. Uh, so that'll give Wendell and wild an average of 3.3 out of 5 yeah seems like a fair rating now yeah Let's uh, let's uh yeah let's do r- rankings first. Yeah. So amongst the others, where would you where would you put this, Ben? Start with you, Ben. It's tricky because what are the what are the parameters? Are we just talking in terms of like stop motion animated films? Are we talking about Henry Selleck movies? Are we talking about well? So uh, we've got. Let's look at let's look at Henry Selleck real quick. Let's look at his list right there because there's already a decent amount. We've got Nightmare Before Christmas. We've got James the Giant Peach. We've got Coraline. All right. Um, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt to throw like Box Trolls and Kubo and the Two Strings in there as well. And if you guys have seen those also, but I would say let's throw that production companies in. I've seen Kubo. I haven't seen, I've seen Box Kubo. Trolls. Yeah, Box yeah, Trolls I've seen... is great, and I would I would recommend it. But anyway, let's yeah. yeah. So of those, let's just leave it at that that set of five. Where would you where would you put this? Sort of ranking all the others. Let's start with Ben. Yeah, I would say probably Kubo, then Coraline, the Nightmare Before Christmas, then Wendell, then James and the Giant Peach. Okay. All right, seems good. Seems good. Um. Well, I haven't seen Coraline, so I can't rate. I can't fairly rank that one um uh i would probably say yeah kubo first uh honestly then james and the giant peach uh then nightmare before christmas and then this at the bottom 
Yeah. And I again, think... I haven't I haven't seen Coraline, so I, that would go somewhere. Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, oh my god, we forgot Corpse Bride. Um, Which I also haven't seen. Yeah, uh, well, okay, yeah. Corpse Bride would, would probably be at the bottom. Of very life. bottom, yeah, I agree. Uh, Corp- Corpse Bride really misses the mark. Uh, I'm going to put, so yeah, we'll, we'll start. We should also note that Henry Selleck did not do the Corpse Bride. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness. Um, and, like, Corpse Bride, it's one of those things where it's like, there's nothing in Corpse Bride that is, like, reprehensible or, like, terrible. It's just there's nothing, there's not anything great in it. Like, either. Anyway, um, it's, it really is, like, just so blatantly just trying to recapitalize on Nightmare. Um, yeah, that's that's always the vibe that it gave me, which is kind of why I never got around to it. Yeah, like, to a point of desperation is, like, how it kind of feels. Like, well, that's it, the thing. I think it is like literally hard. that, because, you know, Henry Selleck directed Nightmare, but a lot of people credit it to Tim Burton because I would say the vast Tim majority Burton. of people don't know that Henry Selleck directed Nightmare Before well, Christmas. Really yeah, well, when the poster of the movie says Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, un- it's, it's think, frankly unfair to Henry Selleck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Corpse Bride is uh, Tim Burton being like, oh, I gotta set the record straight and I gotta make my real you know, stop motion animated movie, and it kind of sucks. So yeah, because well, because Tim Burton is kind of a hack. Let's be real. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and you know, like Nightmare Before Christmas has kind of an annoying legacy, just because people <laughs> who are really into it are way too into it. You know, but it's a good movie. Yeah, it's got I, a num- to, it's got a lot of the fans from the subject matter. Yeah, it's it's it. got it's got a number of good musical numbers. It's it's very well animated. The style is great. Like it, it is a good movie. But Nightmare Before Christmas people are like some of the most annoying people, you know? Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, Jack Skellington shirt people. Kid, Apologies to fill his mouth with cuss. <laughs> Tell him he's a sloppy sow and fuck him in the mud. Hey, <laughs> I love those. Have you heard any of those where it's like the kidnap the Sandy Claus, but it's like. It's like super. It's like it goes hard instead. So it's like kidnap the Sandy Claus. Say his fit is cringe. Make him suck electric eels. He might feel a twinge. Like this is a funny one. But anyway, um, I've not. Uh, my my favorite is uh, kidnap the Sandy Claus. Put him in a bind. Fill his sleigh with dark web porn for Mrs. Claus to find. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, um, my ranking. Uh, I'm gonna say uh yeah uh. First and foremost is uh, also Kubo. That movie just unequivocally slaps uh kubo rules um i'm excited the the next thing that studio is working on um is like decemberists adjacent actually um oh isn't it hmm. is aren't they doing the film adaptation of colin malloy's book his children's book Mm -hmm. okay that's right yeah the studio is the studio is uh is leica uh who did who did kubo Mm -hmm. um and they they did they did do Coraline uh, and Paranorman and the Box Trolls. Uh, yes. Well, obviously, Henry Selick direct. All these films have various directors, but the animation studio that worked on them yes. is uh, is like a. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. I would put Box Trolls pretty high up there. It's uh, between Nightmare James and Box Trolls. Those are all really competing with each other for for best for me. 
Um, probably Nightmare, just because of, like, its legacy, um, and then Box Trolls, and then James. But James the Giant Peach, the, uh, the sky creature used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. The, Yo, uh, there are, there are a number of, like, really scary parts in James the Giant Peach for me when yeah. I was a kid. Like, the fucking, scary. yeah, the fucking, like, uh, ghost pirates that attack them and shit. Like, oh my oh, god. yeah. So much, god. so much fucking spooky shit. I gotta go back to that. I haven't yeah. seen that movie since since I was a kid, but uh, yeah, I'm really curious because like that that movie, there's like a lot of like roots of fear there, if that makes sense. Like or like like you know, baby's first horror and like things that would scare me in movies. And when I was yeah, a child, no, like... for, same for me too. Honestly, I don't think about it very much in those terms of like what is the some of the earliest thing that I remember scaring me. But like now that you mention it. That would be a really oh, early one for me, that's, is, is that's select been, parts of James the Giant Peach. Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, because with Creepshow, like, for a lot of my peers, it was their first foray into horror. Because Creepshow is so, like, set up for that. So I've been trying to, like, come back to my own childhood and be like, okay, what are some of my first forays into horror, and, like, what were things that scared me when I was a youth, and why? And trying to kind of capture that, and those feelings. And, uh... Yeah, uh, I would say like they have the giant like I think it's a rhinoceros like in this in the clouds like that's it's really spooky the way it comes out of the dark. Yeah, um, yeah, like, that's right. Uh, the the rhino that's like chasing them through the clouds. I forgot about that. That did scare the piss out of me as a child. Didn't like, kill his parents or something too? Like it's really it's got. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Something like yeah. that. So those three, and then um, this one and Coraline are about on the same level for me. I've only seen Coraline the once. Probably Coraline, like, just, to, like, by a nose. I'd give it to Coraline. And then Wendell and Wild. Maybe, I don't know. I think this movie has, like, there's more things that I really like about it than Coraline. Like, I'm trying to remember, like, specific instances, specific moments in Coraline. And there isn't anything that's as, like, high of a note as, like, this. The lows, I think, are lower than Coraline. No, like, Coraline is pretty, is much more of a consistent movie. Uh, but the highs, I think, are higher in, in Wendell and sure. Wild. So it's, they're kind of a, you know, neck and neck. But maybe Wendell over Coraline. And I just watched them hot off of it, so, you know, that might change. And then, yeah, and then way, way ass in the back, we got we got uh, the Corpse Bride, for sure. So we're yeah. I think we're all largely on the same page. Ben, did we do predictions for this one? We did. Uh, so for Rotten Tomatoes, I predicted this would be a 76. TC predicted 82, and Cleview predicted 80. Right now, it is sitting at 82. Hey! TC hit it right on the money. Spot on, nice. Um, for collective rating, I predicted 3.5, TC predicted 3.8, and Cleview predicted 4. Um, right. So I won that once again by low polling. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, we obviously don't have box office for this since nope. uh, it is on Netflix, but that means if you're listening to this and it sounds like an interesting movie, you can go watch it right now on Netflix if you want. Yeah, much like uh, next week's movie. Yes. Uh, oof. It's Munster's time, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I've already watched it. It's the best thing I've seen this year. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, we, I'm sure it man, is. You, that's so, you knew we were going to be covering it on the podcast, and still, you went ahead and watched it early, and now you're going to have to watch it again. I'm kind of fascinated by it. I'm okay with watching it again, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it's your movie of the year. Of course you want to watch it again. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. Well, next <laughs> next week, join us again as we discuss Robert Zombert's The Monsters. Oh, oh boy. I wonder if, uh, how that skate park ended up. Do you remember yeah, that ever... story, too? Oh, yeah, of course. I I I remember the I remember the fucking video of fucking <laughs> Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon Zombie standing in the driveway of their mansion and their fucking PJs complaining about kids skateboarding down the street like a pair of old fucking fuddy duddies. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got so fucking with this movie. So fucking corny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I'm not surprised. So yeah. well, well, it's really good well, though. Yeah, I'm well, <laughs> sure. You're gonna be amazed by how good the movie is. <laughs> we we shall see. Well, we we'll we'll issue a sponsor this week just because we're not in the same room together. Um, we'll we'll save that for next week. Yeah, so, next week uh, for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, right. well, there you go. All right, well, that'll do it for us this week. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can support us on Patreon as well at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. Uh, An announcement, uh, the, the honorary pod boy tier now also gives you access to our Discord channel. So that's a, a nice... Uh, Additional little perk there as well. Um, so check that out. Uh, you can yeah, you can uh, come chat with us and see our schedule of uh, yeah, come say hello of the next few months. Yeah, and just hang out in in chat and stuff. Uh, you it gives you the easiest access to us if that's something you want. Um, so I don't <laughs> you know can why do you that. Heard, but yeah. No, I don't either. But uh, here we are. Here we are. Um, <laughs> You can follow I know us on- why you would because we are all are super cool um, and fun to hang around. With. Wow, really? Very solid. three very cool guys over here. So uh, become an honorary <laughs> become an honorary pod boy today and come hang out with us in Discord. You won't regret it, probably. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at Letterbox.com slash PodPeoplePod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. You can also join our Discord uh, to get our hot takes on sliced apple sauces. Oh. I don't know what that is. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Uh, you would have to be in the Discord to, tr- oh, to truly cool. understand. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, They're I clowning should... on me for my uh, my inability to read sometimes. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the real inside takes there. Okay, yeah, uh, you can find uh, my work. Uh, first, I'll just go check out It Stairs Back. It's fucking fucking slaps on steam uh you can find my work on dreadxp.com uh amongst all of our fantastic games that we have uh i've worked on most of them in some capacity uh most recently uh we just announced like three new games actually we've got red tape 
coming up, which looks fan-fucking-tastic. We've got I Doesn't Exist, and we have A Man to the Adventurer. So check out all of those. They all look fantastic, because they are. Because I've, I've, you know, I've, I got the behind-the-scenes stuff. They're, they're great. And, of course, you know, we've got Creep Show coming up in, like, two years. So that's neat. That's, uh, that's it from me. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, we must return to hell with our big demon daddy, Buffalo Bills. Personality, the cult of personality.